The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition. Hello, I'm Kimberly King, and welcome to the Mother's Market Podcast, a show dedicated to the truth, beauty, and goodness of the human condition. On today's show, there's a lot of information regarding good and bad fats out there. And it's important to know the type of fat that you need and the kind that you want to avoid. So find out how to get the fat you want and feel better about your diet. Plus, later we'll tell you what's going on around town. But first up, Dr. Jeffrey Burke has been in the health and nutrition field for four decades. You don't look like it, by the way. (laughs) He's a naturopathic physician and a master herbalist. Dr. Burke is now the global sales education manager for Barleen's, and he's been doing radio shows with them for 25 years. In August of 2012, Jeffrey was inducted into the Nevada Broadcasting Hall of Fame, being recognized for decades of radio show visibility. During his long career, Jeffrey has also worked at every level of retail health food stores, including opening stores, training, marketing, advertising, traveling, and educating, and overseeing large retail natural product chains. And we welcome him to the Mother's Market Podcast. Dr. Burke, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Why don't you fill our audience in a little bit on your mission and your work before we get to today's show topic? Well, I think it just comes down to education. I think that we have the the chance and the luxury in this industry to not only educate, but to provide the information that also leads to compliments and alternatives and gives people the choice. I, I like to teach dialogue. Because if someone feels more comfortable with a subject, a topic, their health problems, their concerns, or their health conditions, and they have a better understanding, and maybe they've been informed on the alternatives, they're going to have a better dialogue with their medical practitioners. And, and, and that's really important. A lot of people don't say anything. They don't ask anything. They just kind of abide by the rules of what is dictated to them, and they never question. And sometimes by questioning, you can actually take yourself down a healthier road and maybe give yourself a better alternative at a better, healthier, longer quality of life. I like that. I like that you, t- you teach people. It's almost advocating, and, and, uh, but teaching the dialogue and asking those questions. So today we're talking about good and bad fats. And so, Dr. Burke, can you define omega-3? I think the easiest way to define omega-3 would be to uh, put it into the category of why we need it, why it's important, why we need to start focusing on these amazing oils. And I think the wonderful thing about omega-3 fatty acids is the point that we need it in our body and we are extremely deficient in them. You know, a lot of people hear about omega-3 and omega-6. They hear these profiles, you know, you should have a better ratio. They say that Americans now have anywhere from 10, 20, and 30 to 1 of the inflammatory omega-6 to maybe one or two points of the omega-3, leading us down a heavier road of inflammatory response. So when I think about omega-3s, I think about automatically something that needs to be brought into your body through food and through supplement. What is the difference between fish and flax omega-3? Well, fish oil provides the omega-3 fats, the EPA and the DHA that you hear about so frequently, uh, where flaxseed oil provides the ALA or alpha-linolenic acid. Extremely important on both sides of the fence. Both of them bring a lot to the table. Omega-3 fatty acids, of course, bring a lot more EPA and DHA from uh, from fish oil, uh, where the ALA is more on the vegetarian food-based side. Both important. I personally use both. 
because I figured they both bring something to the table, and I, I don't like to have to choose between them. So but you have the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. Then. Why is coconut oil okay to use, even though it's saturated? Well, you know, for years, and I've come up through the field for a very, very long time, we came from a point where saturated fat was looked down on, and it was the the thing that they thought caused all disease. And today we're learning that some saturated fats are our friend, not our foe. Mm. And we're learning that coconut oil is an amazing product. If you study some of the Polynesian islands where they have a big staple of their diet, which is coconut and coconut oil and coconut meat and fiber, they have one of the lowest risk of cardiovascular disease. So coconut oil today is important, and not all bad fats come from saturated fats. They come from other things as well, but coconut oil brings good saturated fat to the body, and it brings those medium-chain triglycerides that we actually burn for fuel and for energy. Plus, it's delicious, and was, it's great for your skin. I was going to say that, I know, and, and hair and everything else that has a lot of great uh, mm-hmm. attributes. Which fats are good to use for the keto diet? Well, the keto diet is exploding today. You know, for many years, we had the Dr. Atkins diet, which was mostly high protein and uh, low carbohydrate. And the keto diet is kind of an off stand of that, but with a lot more good fat in the diet. So things like coconut oil and extra virgin olive oil and uh, grass-fed butter, avocado, salmon, MCT oils, and even ghee butter. Um, very, very effective. And it really really does make that diet work more effectively. People have a hard time wrapping their mind around eating a diet with fats, with a large portion of fat that makes them burn fat at the same time. But we're learning, you know, we're we're still a work in progress. That's true, and uh, it, it is exploding that keto diet. What exactly are bad fats? Well, if I have to put them into category, the worst type of dietary fat is trans fat. Um, trans fat is a byproduct of a process called hydrogenation that actually is used in turn to make healthy oils into solids and prevent them from becoming rancid. Mm. Uh, trans fats have no little benefits to the body at all, absolutely nothing good. There is no safe level of consumption. Therefore, it has been officially banned in the United States. We're going to start seeing they gave them a date and a deadline, and we will start seeing no trans fats in our food any longer. So and that's really important. Yeah, I was just going to say, I've, I've been hearing about and reading about all of this uh, new legislation in the United States, but so our, the, our food's going to be making a, a major change. Our I think so, and I just hope that they make healthy choices. Yeah. You know, if you go back far enough, you go back to the time when we had a low-fat to no-fat diet in this country, and all the doctors wrapped their mind around and everybody was eating no-fat and all they were doing is they took all the foods that had a lot of fat in it and they replaced it with sugar. Oh. And, and I kid you not, I was at a grocery store and there was a line of cookies and candy mm. stuff called snack wells. Oh, yeah. And it said right on the label, no fat. So people were eating three, four, five <laughs> boxes a day because it said no fat. And we were actually doing our grocery shopping and they were unloading a semi truck <laughs> and people were filling their baskets with it and going right and just checking out. They were buying 30, 40, 50 boxes. And what happened? Everybody got fat, everybody got sluggish, everybody got tired, we Uh created a lot of diabetes, and they finally started thinking that maybe fat is more important than we thought. Oh my gosh. But now what about these fast food restaurants that probably use all these trans fats? Yes, they do. Yeah, so this is going to be... Well, the thing is you can make healthier choices at home. You have no control over the way people make their food in your restaurant. Some of your best restaurants out there may be using a lot of oils that are hydrogenated, and you just don't know. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be an interesting change, Um, and hopefully for the better. Does cooking damage the state of healthy fats? 
I think it can change and alter it. Uh, I think that we have to remember that there are some oils that do better in high heat. As much as I love olive oil, olive oil is a probably low heat to using it with no heat at all, like a salad dressing and salsas and things like that. Because when you do heat a very good quality oil, you can make it an unhealthy oil by saturating it and burning it to a scorching point. Now that being said, Virgin coconut oil, extra virgin coconut oil, uh, things like uh, grapeseed oil, mm. awesome, because they have a high heat index. So you can use them for cooking in high heat. Uh, and if you are going to be cooking in high heat, your best choice would be coconut oil and grapeseed oil. And, you know, because we, are, we do use things that we have to have a, a higher heat to be able to get the food cooked correctly, just choose your oil right. What, do you know anything about sesame oil? Sesame oil's got a low burn point. Okay, okay. Uh, how do uh, chia and flax seeds rank as a good source of omega-3? Well, we know that our diet in America is definitely lacking in fiber. And we know that people that take the time to get enough fiber in their diet um, have radically better digestive systems, better elimination. They can form a stool better. Uh, it can actually help to make a dramatic difference in their bowel habits. They say that if you go back 100 years, people were eating anywhere from 50, 80 to 100 grams of fiber a day, and the average American eats 10 to 12 now. Wow. And we wonder why laxatives are so big, and we wonder why people have such terrible problems with their bowels, and they're going to the gastroenterologist with stomach problems and gastrointestinal problems. That being said, chia seeds, uh, an amazing source of omega-3 fatty acids, and they don't have to be ground. You can actually mix them in any kind of food. They will form a gelatinous mixture if you mix them in any kind of a water, and you can use them as a fiber. You can use them as an omega-3 source. Flax seeds are different kind of seed. They have to be ground because the hull is very, very hard and our body won't digest it. But you can actually get your flax seed ground in like a ground meal, one that I... I use all the time. I put it in my smoothie and I sprinkle it on my foods. Mm. And I love to recommend these because you're getting a combination of, of things like lignans in the flaxseed, which is a beneficial immune builder, but you also get omega-3s and fiber. So it's very rare to have a fiber that gives you nutrition at the same time. Most people think of fiber as like cardboard. Right. You know, so the old days of, you know, have a cardboard diet, a lot of fiber, but these are nutritional fibers. And so you were saying that you put them on your foods like a salad, or you mm -hmm. can put them in a soup or something as mm -hmm. well. You, you can put them in salsas and, and things like that as well. And you can really dress up the food. You can turn yogurt into something amazing mm. by adding chia seeds and ground flax. Oh, thank you for those examples. I was trying to figure out what else do you put them on, but that's good. And uh, taste, does it change the taste of it? Nutty. It? Okay. <laughs> it's, it's actually quite delicious. Chia really doesn't have much of a taste to it. The nice thing about chia is if you mix it with a little water and you keep it in the refrigerator, if you have a three-egg recipe, you can actually use chia with a couple tablespoons and replace one of the eggs with chia seeds. Hmm. So you can actually lower the egg consumption. And you can use them for baking, and they, they, they really handle the heat quite well. Oh, that's good, good information. Mm -hmm. So why is the topic of fats so confusing? I know um, I, for a while ago it was always good fats, bad fats, but it seems to be changing, and it's confusing. I think it just goes back to the time. When I, when I first started in this industry, you know, nobody talked about fats. And all of a sudden, they, everything was saturated fat was bad for you. And then it was any kind of fat was bad for you. And then for a while, nothing could have any fat. And then your doctors told you eat no fat. And then they found out, they started thinking, well, our brains is 65% more of fat and our body needs fat. We need fat for our heart. 
And then before you know it, they started eating, we'll put more fat into the diet. And now we have diets like the high protein, low carb diet and the keto diet. And they're saying eat tons of fat. Mm. So it is very, very confusing. I think if people could just distinguish between bad fats and good fats, I think that would make a, a big difference. And then they would find their niche on which way of eating would be good. You know, I, I recommend the Mediterranean diet a lot because the Mediterranean diet is an anti-inflammatory diet. A Mediterranean diet gives you foods that are good for you, but there's nothing in there that has any inflammatory nature. It's fish and vegetables and nuts and seeds and light grains and beautiful oils, things like flaxseed oil and olive oil and fish oil and cod liver oil, and drizzling it on your food and, and really preparing your food in a very healthy manner. Most of the foods have no labels because it's just food. So there's not a lot of additives. It's great for anyone that has high levels of inflammation, for people that are trying to reduce their cardiovascular problems, and the people that are actually trying to eat a healthier way of eating. Now, today they call this syndrome X when you've got blood pressure and cholesterol and diabetes, and they're all connected. One of the best diets that the doctors are recommending, especially things like a Mayo Clinic and some of the good cardiovascular physicians will say, eat a Mediterranean diet. It's safe, it's anti-inflammatory, and it's not gonna agitate or make your problem any worse. It can only make it better. So if you just realize which fats to eat, that takes the confusion away. That's a good point. Um, can you clarify just also on there, um, the avocados, good? Good. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. All right. And, uh, and I like when you throw things out there and it just kind of <laughs> puts that into the good fat category. Yes. <clears throat> so Mediterranean, Mediterranean diet. Mm -hmm. High protein, low carb, uh, keto all go against the mentality of dietary fats. And you mentioned that earlier with mm -hmm. the keto, with uh, adding that fats in. So can you talk about that a little bit more? Yeah. I, I, I think that most people are using these kind of programs because they're trying to get obesity or weight under control. We know that if you eat the standard American diet today that is mostly really good tasting, bad for you food, you're going to be overweight. And if you are eating foods that are, that are advertised on TV and things that are coming through the window of your car and they're pre-made in the store, if you shop the middle of your grocery store, you're eating processed foods. Mm -hmm. If you shop the outside of the store, you're eating vegetables and fruits and protein and healthy grains and dairy and you can get out of the store with good food. But today, people are in a hurry. Mm -hmm. You know, they want something easy. They want those box mix of rices and noodles and things where you add a little butter, a little milk, a little water, and it's done in five minutes because of necessity and because of just, you know, their jobs and life. But with a little bit more preparation on your side, you can make twice the amount of food cheap, cheaply and actually do something better and have enough of it left over to take it the next day to work. The problem is we, we've become very lazy as a nation, we become very comfortable in our comfort zones. And comfort zones are just that. They're, they're comfortable, they're familiar, they feel good when our rear end hits that dent in the couch and the remote is in our hand and we're <laughs> in our comfort zone and you kick your shoes off and you're ready for the day. But comfort zones are rarely good. They're rarely healthy. And I think the hard part is bucking the system. One, one of our biggest downfalls is our palate. Mm. Our palate has become very strong. And if you do not feed the palate and give it the taste and the sensations that it wants, these, it's very, very hard to move forward because you can't start thinking about the foods that we become addicted to that we want so badly. You know, people tell me, they'll say, you know, you know I, I can't stop craving these foods. And, you know, and I just keep giving in to them. And I said, it's because you haven't pushed back hard enough. It takes 
a couple weeks to be able to get those sensations out of there. And then your palate will start saying, oh, this food tastes good. Mm. I can handle this food. This isn't bad. But we, we become very weak, and it's just easier to say, oh, just order a pizza, you know, go to the store, grab something, you know, get a number two special at your favorite fast food restaurant. <laughs> right. You know, so, you know, we like things that taste amazing, and we like things that make us feel really, really good. But the problem is, you know, they're rarely good. Right. But you're also talking about that meal prep, though, and, and getting, you know, having that leftover for the next day, but mm-hmm. and just making that time to do that. You know, and if you have kids, it's a great thing to be able to teach your kids how to cook. Mm-hmm. We were raised in our kitchen. Mm-hmm. And we went to my grandparents' house and the family's house. Everything was in the kitchen. I mean, you got put to work doing something, cutting, cooking, chopping, clearing, setting, washing, something. You were part of the family. And today we don't even have that kitchen setting anymore. Most people are on different schedules. Mm-hmm. Most um, have lock-key houses and lock-key refrigerators, meaning that there's just food there, help yourself and do what you want. And a lot of people have to make it as easy as possible. I have a lot of single households with single parents where their thing is just, you know, I just need to have food in the house. Yeah. You know, I'm working three jobs. You know, I rarely sit at my kids unless it's a holiday. Mm. You know, so healthy food doesn't always make the cut. Right. So, and it makes it difficult. Uh-uh. Well, great information. We'll have to take a quick break. More in just a moment. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Looking for healthier snack options? Mother's Market sources organic and non-GMO small batch, high-quality, great-tasting nuts, dried fruits, snacks, and candy. The goal? To provide you the highest in quality snacks while also offering high nutritional value. Fan favorites include non-GMO peanut butter pretzel bites, organic dried mango slices, and organic dark chocolate peanut clusters. Stop into your local Mother's Market today to explore all the varieties and pick some up to try for yourself. Let's talk menstruation, perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause. These shouldn't be taboo topics. They're the normal life phases we move through as women. And Solaray delivers support every step of the way with her life stages. The first of its kind comprehensive new supplement line offers doctor formulated solutions at each stage with clinically backed ingredients you can count on. Own the stage. Buy Solaray at Mother's Market today. Welcome back to the Mother's Market podcast. And we want to remind you that if you missed any portion of today's show, you can find us on iTunes by searching Mother's Market or download the show from our website, mothersmarket.com. Click the link for podcast and listen to past shows. Plus, download our healthy recipes and money savings coupons, all available at mothersmarket.com. And now back to our interview with Dr. Jeffrey Burke. And we're talking about good and bad fats and so many things to dispel, right? So many rumors. Dr. Burke, um, is there a preference to using fish versus flax? I guess it depends on who you talk to. I think there is. I think that eating a variety of omega-3 food sources, including flax seeds and fish oil, is a key part to a healthy diet, a healthy heart diet, um, a good foundational diet. They both bring both a mild, nutty flavors. Flax seeds also can be delicious and nutrition addition to foods. I don't like to choose. So when you're in my kitchen in the morning and I'm making my smoothie, I add flaxseed oil or I add fish oil or I add um, ground flax seeds and then I add chia seeds. So I'm putting most of everything that I can get my hands on because of the amazing benefits in the anti-inflammatory world but also for the benefits that they're finding every day 
by us helping to increase a better balance of omega-3s. I love smoothies. And the reason I like them is because you can get a lot of things out of the way first thing in the morning and not have to remember them the rest of the day. I like that, right. You know, so when you leave your house, you've had your omega-3s for the day. Mm -hmm. You know, I take my fish oil, my flaxseed oil, I put my Fortiflax, I put my chia seeds in there, and I throw my protein powder, my fruit, some yogurt, all that stuff. And I know that when I leave, I'm full, but I also know that I've filled up the areas that were vacant. So is that breakfast? That's breakfast. Okay, oh, that sounds good. And you were just talking about what you had for um, oatmeal. oatmeal. So mm -hmm. what did you put in your oatmeal? Oatmeal, I love adding ground flax because it's really, really nutty, and I'll throw chia seeds, sometimes walnuts and raspberries or blueberries. That sounds good. You don't really need anything else. I'm going to go to breakfast at your house. That you know, good. and really a funny thing, and you have to be surprising to children because children don't want oils. And, you know, we've been talking a lot on the show um, the company that I'm working with, Barleen's, has found a way to emulsify flaxseed oil and fish oil, and they call it um, seriously delicious. Mm. But what they've done is they, they did it for the value of the taste, but what we've learned is, and this was quite interesting, I was talking with a physician that was 96 years old, came from China. Mm. I was talking about the show yesterday, and he said to me, you know, when people are over 50, the reason a lot of people get fish burps and why they don't handle fish oils and things well is because their their digestive systems don't work well. He said this thing that they've done here, this emulsifying, makes it easy to digest so you don't need the stomach to be as big a part of the role. Hmm. And that, that made, it really reminded me on how weak our digestive systems are. You know, because somebody, I can tell you to use a fish oil, I can tell you to use flaxseed oil, I can tell you how good it is, and you can try it one or two times, take it on an empty stomach, drink a cup of coffee with it, not feel good and taste it all day, and you're thinking, I'm not doing that. Right. Even though it's really, really important. So you have to find something that works for you, but it's really, really important. So when it comes to fish or flax, if I can have people do both, I like that better. Both. Okay, well, that's good. You're covering all your bases there. <laughs> Does uh, Do we all really need fat? Fat is what our brain is made out of. Fat helps us make hormones. Fat helps our skin stay supple. Fat helps our metabolism. You need fat to burn fat. Most people that are dieting today avoid fats. They always choose things like low-fat dairy, and they cook with little or no oil at all. Never would touch things like butter or walnuts or ghee or other fat foods. It's true. If you eat a lot of the bad, unhealthy, saturated, hydrogenated, saturated oils and trans fats, you're going to have a problem. But the healthy fats need to be incorporated in because today it's actually the missing part of our diet. Uh, and so that when you say missing, can, that, can fats make us healthy? You've talked a little bit about mm -hmm. this, so um, just kind of expand on that. Yes. Um, people get lots of energy when they eat good quality fats. They think clearer. Their skin looks better. Their risk for many cardiovascular diseases go down when you supplement the good fats. When you eat unhealthy fats, you're tired, you're sluggish, you're bloated. You know, they say that some of the bad fats have like a 51-day half-life, which means for like 102 days, all those unhealthy fats that you're eating, it can take you three months to really start feeling good again. So when people start a healthy way of eating, it may take a little while because you're cleaning house. Mm. But can it make you feel better? Yes. Can it make you healthier to eat the right, the right fats? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Are saturated fats worse than trans fats? Hydrogenated, saturated fats are terrible for you. Um, for many people, they don't process them very well. But honestly, my biggest 
the fat that I think is the worst is trans fat. This is the type of fat that occurs naturally in some foods in small amounts, but most trans fats are made from oils through a food processing method called partial hydrogenation. These partially hydrogenated trans fats increase total blood cholesterol, your LDL, which is your low density lousy cholesterol gets high, your happy HDL cholesterol goes low, and we need that one to be high, and it increases your risk of cardiovascular disease. It's a fact. So uh, once again, the LDL is the lousy one, the HDL is the high one. That's the good happy one. one. The happy one. Yeah, okay. H happy, uh, L lousy. Okay. That was a con okay. Great, thank you for mm -hmm. going over that too. Difference between partially and fully hydrogenated oils. Hydrogenation is a chemical process by which liquid vegetable oil is turned into a semi-solid fat, kind of in an effort to cost-effectively change its physical properties for food production. By breaking down a food's natural properties, it makes it unrecognizable to our body, ultimately causing harm. Since in this case with partially hydrogenated oils which contain trans fats, they're the worst on the body. These trans fats not only tweak cholesterol levels in the body, but they're also linked to a myriad of diseases, even including things like strokes and diabetes. Fully hydrogenated fats processed in the same chemical way contain virtually no trans fat, but the resulting process is firmer than a partially hydrogenated counterpart and has a hard, waxy consistency. Um, fully hydrogenated products do contain saturated fat in the form of stearic acid, a monounsaturated fat that doesn't raid levels of bad cholesterol. This makes fully hydrogenated fats a little less harmful than partially hydrogenated, but are they good for you? Not really. <laughs> okay. Thank you for that explanation. Sure. What effect does dietary cholesterol have on the diet? Well, when your doctor takes your blood test to measure your cholesterol level, the doctor is actually measuring the amount of circulating cholesterol in the blood or blood cholesterol level. About 85% of our blood cholesterol level is endogenous, which means it's produced on the inside of the body. The other 15% or so comes from an external source, which is our diet. Your dietary cholesterol originates from meat, poultry, fish, seafood, and dairy products. It's possible for some people to eat foods high in cholesterol and still have low blood cholesterol. Likewise, it's possible to eat foods low in cholesterol and have high cholesterol levels. So the thing about it is, is can it affect your everyday routine? Can it affect your levels? Yes. There are people out there that have some genetic lines where they can eat anything they want and never have high cholesterol. But I've seen some of those people with low cholesterol drop dead of a heart attack. Mm. So the American Heart Association recommends that we limit our average daily cholesterol to less than 300 milligrams. Obviously, people with high levels of cholesterol in the blood should take even less and eat good fats and don't eat bad fats. And thank you for putting out 300 milligrams, too. Sometimes we just yeah, need to know what those numbers look like. Um, what is consumed more in the diet? Is it saturated or trans fats? Hmm. Eating a diet, dietary pattern that emphasizes fruits and vegetables, whole grains, low-fat dairy, poultry, fish, and nuts is really important. Limiting red meat and sugary foods and beverages, of course, very, very good. Today, we probably see more trans fats in the diet because they're in the foods that people eat the most of. Donuts, mm -hmm. cookies, crackers, muffins, pies, cakes, 
uh, <laughs> things that the palate loves, yeah. and in many forms of fast food that are processed. Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> now, if you're following a Mediterranean diet, can you use omega-3? Absolutely. I have people that are on Mediterranean diets, and I still recommend that they take their fish oils, their flaxseed oils. Uh, if they want an emulsified, like that um, seriously delicious, I have them just put it on their toast in the morning or put it over their yogurt. Mm. It's delicious, and it tastes good, and there's no burping, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. But uh, also, along with it, you know, with the Mediterranean diet, you may be eating things like salmon, mackerel, halibut, sardines, anchovies. To bring those other omega-3s in, they just work together. Everything's together. It's delicious. Yeah. We put all our salads. Um, what are omega-7s? Um, palmitolytic acid, uh, little known fatty acid, does a lot of wonders for our health, uh, found in the pulp of sea buckthorn berries, uh, rare in the plant kingdom, even scarcer in the animal world. It's gained a lot of popularity primarily for things like the skin. It does have some cardiovascular benefits. It does have digestive health benefits, inflammatory or anti-inflammatory response. I think most people use it, mostly with women more than men, hair, skin, and nails. And it's a like a supplement? Mm -hmm. Okay. Sure is. How do I know what fats to remove and which to add? I think the easiest way to do that is anything that says hydrogenated or partially hydrogenated, stay away from. And eat plenty of the other good fats. Um, it just make sure that your saturated fats are coming from the healthy list. It's pretty easy. Okay. And what is the philosophy today about no-fat diets? Don't do it. Okay. You know, <laughs> the fastest way to get cloudy, foggy confused, lazy, overweight, and unhealthy is to take fat out of the diet. Okay, that makes me want to... <laughs> all of the above, so I, I will listen to that, and, and as we all should. Um, this has been some really interesting information, um, but also kind of following along that Mediterranean diet, following mm -hmm. those rules, because it has a little bit of a mixture of both, right? It really does, and you know, most people today are in a state of ill health. Most people are in a state of inflammation. Most people are actually putting themselves into a, an unhealthy situation just by the foods that we choose. If you would choose a little wiser, take a little bit more time on your food choices, maybe drive an extra half of a mile to a restaurant that if you're going that could have you a better choice of food. Never, you know, hesitate to ask how foods are prepared in a restaurant. And maybe we need to back up a little bit, you know, 20, 30, 40 years of mentality and start actually eating more food at home. Yeah. When you eat at home, you can control the spice, you can control the fat, you can control the quantities. And I, I think the biggest problem today is just people are so confused, but we're also really stressed, and life does have a tendency to get in our way. But ask questions. You know, find a great health food store. Pick products in the health food industry that are quality from companies that have been around a long time. Choose your medical practitioners. If you have a doctor that does not give you any good nutritional advice or feels that supplementation is not the way for you to go, find another doctor. Do it like you would find a gardener that didn't do the job or if you had a plumber that couldn't fix a leak, get a new one. Yeah. Because you know if they can't stand up and work with you and have a dialogue and respect your values, then it's time for you to fire your doctor and get a doctor that you can work with. Yeah, I think it's really important. Uh, great advice. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Dr. Burke, and some really great advice. And thank I you. love the way that you advocate and teach people that dialogue. Uh, we really appreciate your knowledge, and we look forward to having you on again. But in the meantime, you can also get more information on Dr. Burke. And the website is barleans.com. It's B-A-R-L-E-A-N-S, by the way. And learn more about healthy 
living tips. We look forward to your next visit. It would be a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Mother's Market podcast and for shopping at Mother's Market. The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition.